0: Hello, I'm Kimberly Dondo, Digital Content Manager, and welcome to In Conversation With, the podcast series that delves into the world of financial services and brings you face-to-face with some of the most notable figures in the industry. Listen as we discuss topics that are currently facing the industry and hear from visionary CEOs to disruptive innovators as we bring you a diverse array of voices and perspectives. We'll explore the challenges they faced, the lessons they've learned, and the insights they have to share about the ever-evolving landscape of financial services. Hello and welcome to In Conversation with. I'm Kimberly Dondo, Digital Content Manager, and in today's episode I'm joined by Ben Gilbert, Senior Associate Partner at at Saracen and Partners. Um, So thank you for joining me today, Ben.
1: Pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on.
0: Uh, So Ben, could you give us a bit of a brief introduction into yourself and your role as Senior Associate Partner and and Model Portfolio Manager at Saracen and and Partners? Yes.
1: I certainly can. So, uh, my name is Ben Gilbert. I uh, am the sort of head model portfolio manager here at Saracen Partners. Um, on a day to day basis, that involves the day to day management of the portfolio, so tax class allocation, instrument selection, making sure we're all aligned with our house policy here at Saracen. Uh, there's also an element, uh, of course, of investment research into external funds that we buy within the model portfolios, um, as well as hopefully taking some time to think more strategically about, you know, in 10 years' time, where we want the model portfolios to be and and how we want to be servicing our clients. Um, My background is I spent price-joining Saracen around 10 years, a large national um, wealth manager. Um, And I got into financial services, really, I think, um, slightly unusual path. When I was uh, at university, I always sort of thought, if you can be good at building things and and looking after houses, you'll do okay. Um, And if you're okay at looking after money, in the long run, you'll do okay. Um, And I was no good with my hands, really, so I had to go down the the managing money route.
0: Yeah, no, that makes sense. I think you probably chose you chose the best thing for yourself. Um, so when it comes to your approach, how do you tailor um, investment strategies for UK private clients and professional intermediaries with unique financial needs?
1: I think that's just an absolutely vital question. Um, And I think one of the things we're quite pleased to see in the new consumer duty legislation is that all of us as financial services providers, whether it's, you know, in mortgages, in insurance products or for us in investments, had to really think very hard about, you know, who our services are for, what the right target market is. I think ultimately in, in the investment world, you know, if an individual requires a very high level of personal attention in terms of the service they require if they've got particular ethical exclusions or the tax or structuring of their investments requires a truly bespoke solution, um, there's no way around it. Um, But I think at the same time, one place we've been um, very fortunate to be able to innovate is where people have maybe less of those bespoke requirements um, uh, and are are happy with a more sort of off the shelf um, solution that suits more generic needs The model portfolio has been a great way for for clients to access our investment engine um, here at Saracen and Partners.
0: Okay, great. And could you share your approach to balancing risk and reward when constructing investment portfolios? Yeah, so I think there's the
1: sort of um, traditional portfolio construction theory where you have your equities, your risk-facing assets, um, you balance those against Theoretically, risk off assets like bonds um, and blend those with alternatives and cash to to make a a well-balanced portfolio. Um, But I think one of the things that maybe differentiates us here at Saracen and Partners is we are a thematic investor. So we look at these long term inexorable trends driving the global economy uh, and see them as both both a risk um, to be managed within portfolios, but also an opportunity to be exploited. So whether it's digitalization, um, evolving consumption, climate change, ageing, automation, these long-term themes are a lens through which we, we balance risk um, and reward in the portfolios. And I think the final thing is we, we've got a, a background and in our DNA is charitable investment. And as a result of that, responsible stewardship, environmental, social and governance analysis is at the heart of everything we do. Um, and so I think, again, that gives you a slightly different layer when you're considering the risks that face a business that you're investing in or or a fund uh, or anything else.
0: Okay. And what recent market trends have influenced your portfolio management decisions, especially during times of volatility, like we constantly see and hear about today?
1: Yeah I mean you're you're asking the question at the right time aren't you the the I mean I think one thing um, that's had to evolve in our investment strategy is you know we were talking about balancing reward and risk earlier now in traditional um, markets you expect your risk facing assets to do well when things are going well um, and when things are going less well you expect things that are, are not risk facing like bonds and traditional safe haven assets to perform well and of course through 2022 We saw the complete collapse of that relationship and you saw falls of both equities and bonds in the face of massive interest rate rises. And so one thing we were doing in portfolios and that at that time was very important was to try and embed some alternatives. So some things in the portfolios that have different economic drivers of return than your traditional assets to try and help smooth some of the returns through that period. Um, now, mm-hmm. of course, you know, the great thing about markets is they change every day. And actually now we we feel bonds are, are making a, a much more compelling case for themselves in portfolios. They're much higher weightings than they've been for, for a long time. Um, but I think we're still going to need these additional tools, whether it's infrastructure, absolute return hedge funds, you know, some of these other tools that we can use at our disposal. And that's one thing I've seen change uh, over the years.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, and. How do Saracen and Partners incorporate ESG factors into portfolio management? Um, and how do you balance ethical considerations with financial goals?
1: Yeah, and you, you've sort of obviously already heard me mention that, that it's uh, an absolutely vital part of our investment process here at, at Saracen and Partners. I think one thing to say is it's been interesting to see the language around ESG mm-hmm. just evolve over the years. So, yeah. what people, in you know, what and so. In some ways, I I still think of it as just being a responsible steward of your client's capital. And so Mm -hmm. if a company uh, or an investment faces a sort of existential risk from uh, an environmental perspective, you know, if they've got a business model predicated on digging stuff, you know, digging natural capital out of the ground, converting it into financial capital for shareholders with no cost, frictional cost for doing so, we see that as a risk for the investment case. Um, And similarly, if you've got terrible relations with your suppliers or with your customers, that's not a great business. Um, And if your board uh, is not independent and holding the executives to account sufficiently, you know, these are risks to the business. So I Mm -hmm. think that is, you know, we do it in everything that we do. It's embedded from uh, day one when we're considering an investment case. Um, But I don't think there's any contradiction there between doing that work and the potential financial returns for a long term investor or, or shareholder. Uh, I think where you do have to genuinely, you know, hold your hands up and say there's a there's a potential conflict here, is in um, is where we look after portfolios for charities that have ethical or responsible exclusions, private clients that have ethical or responsible exclusions, or or just generally speaking, clients. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes there is a, a sort of dichotomy that that, that can't be resolved. Um, I'll give one really great live example. So for us here at Saracen, mm-hmm. the defence sector for a long period of time. If you think about the the sort of post-fall of the Berlin Wall, so-called peace dividend period, um, you know, defence expenditure has been growing at a slower pace than GDP. In the UK, it wasn't, you know, it was common for us to be spending 5% of our annual uh, sort of budget on on defence. That's now down at 2%. Well, Mm -hmm. unfortunately, with the way the world's evolving, you know, moving from a a sort of unipolar to a multipolar world, um, we think higher uh, defence expenditure is going to be a part of that. Uh, yeah. In the UK, we're committed to getting to three percent of expenditure um, on uh, on defence. In the US, you might see it go back up to five percent, having up until recently been three. And so, all of a sudden, that that expenditure is growing at a faster rate than what we expect average GDP growth to be. And for us as a thematic mm-hmm. investor, it makes us ah makes for a potentially interesting investment. But of course, a lot of these defence companies are going to be wildly inappropriate um, for investors that have got those ethical exclusions in place. Yeah um, and you know at that point I think it's just about being upfront with the clients and saying you know we think this is an investment opportunity we understand it's not what you want to invest in and and uh, and so you're foregoing some of those returns for ethical reasons but mm-hmm. generally ESG work I think is completely aligned with um with uh, with generating good long-term uh, returns for shareholders
0: yeah I can imagine that's an ethical conundrum for some people, um, trying to balance out what they what they ultimately want to do. Um, but going to that, talking about the client, um, building strong client relationships is obviously quite crucial. Um, so how do you establish trust and maintain effective communication with your clients and intermediaries?
1: Well, I think that's absolutely right. Um, and I think that, you know, one of the most important things about trust is being open and honest and upfront at the uh, inception of the relationship. So, you know, we mm-hmm. here at Saracen Partners are active managers. We, we think about the world in a certain kind of way. Uh, and we want our thematic thinking to drive our investors' returns in the long run. Um, mm-hmm. Now, the whole... Um, Advantage of being active and is that you can hopefully use those tools to increase risk-adjusted returns over time. But it means you're not going to outperform all markets all the time. And so I think you know if you can sort of set really clear, unambiguous objectives um, that you can hold yourselves to and your clients can hold yourselves to, and, and be upfront about that at the outset of the relationship. That helps to build trust. And then I think really, really importantly. Uh, inevitably when you know that you can control your investment process you can control your service and make sure it's always good you can't control markets and when they're difficult i think it's even more important to be out there in front of your clients talking them through what's gone well what's gone badly um, um, and providing reassurance that things do get better in time um, because we've all seen very volatile markets before in our investment careers even in the relatively brief uh, for saracen 15 years i've been in the industry you know, it's been a very volatile period of time and we here have a very long track record going back 30 plus years um of, of steering our clients through these events so i think when it's difficult you know you can really build the trust by getting in front of them and not not hiding away
0: yeah um and finally uh with your 50 50- Years of experience. What key insights have you gained from your career? And what advice would you give to any aspiring financial advisors or established financial advisors who, you know, from your perspective?
1: Yeah, or indeed investment managers. I think, you know, I I would it's gonna sound I, I think the sort of thing I've taken away would really apply to pretty much anyone trying to make a success of themselves in, in any industry, but, but it definitely specifically applies to financial services. I think, you know, as you're getting into your career, there's a level of just technical competency that you need to achieve. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's qualifications um, to a, a certain degree that's you know, the experience and the practice of doing a job on a day-to-day basis, um, uh, getting you to a certain level um, but something that I'm sort of still learning and I think uh, has become increasingly important as you move through the career is that the people who are really successful that stand out um, have not neglected those interpersonal skills, those softer skills. And, you know, it comes back yeah. to building trust with your clients. If, you, mm-hmm. if you've neglected those at the expense of just focusing on the technical side, um, it's hard to progress beyond a certain stage. And actually, we all work in organisations, we need to get on with the people that we work with. and. Um, uh, and so I really advocate not neglecting uh, those those softer skills. And it's something you need to learn every day, I suppose, or certainly I do.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, obviously, being a well-rounded person is ultimately the goal of, I hope, every human being on this planet. Um, so that makes sense yeah. to me. But I also just did want to ask, um, what future trends do you anticipate in financial services?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, and I suppose I'm, I'm speaking, you know, there's a sort of global lens and a UK lens. We're, we're here based in the UK. We're global investors at Saracen. Um, mm-hmm. I think that, you know, there's a lot of inefficiency in the industry and technology will help us to overcome some of that. Yeah, um, The regulatory burden is, is sort of ever increasing. I think those two um, things combined at a very sort of high level um, have meant that consolidation is, to a certain extent, um, becoming a natural part of of the industry, and I expect that to remain. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the you know the really successful businesses, you know, they'll they'll be the ones that are focused, know exactly what they want to achieve. Goes back to sort of setting clear and unambiguous objectives. You know, that goes for what you want to do in terms of investment returns, but it goes for what you want to do in terms of being a business. Mm-hmm. So those that really know value their clients, um, know what they want to achieve. Uh, and have a, a great blend of, you know, service, performance, um, and overall cost. You know, I think those will be the businesses that are, are really successful in the long run. Mm-hmm. Um, and it may have to come at the expense sometimes, I think, of being the biggest, because inevitably, if you, uh, as you grow, you get a much, much wider brief. You have to be, a, a, you know, a much more um, all-encompassing. I think that, that can sometimes be at the expense of servicing your clients as, as they would like. Yeah. Um, so that would be my, my sort of take.
0: Yeah. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for speaking with me today, Ben. I really enjoyed this conversation.
1: Well, a pleasure. Thank you honestly so much for having me on. It's uh, it's it's been a great pleasure.
0: Thank you for listening to In Conversation With. We do hope that you enjoyed it. Please do keep up to date with all our new releases via Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere else you get your podcasts from. You can also keep up to date with all our new content published on the Money Marketing website, as well as our print edition Money Marketing magazine. So make sure to subscribe. Follow us on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. See you next time.